So welcome to our podcast on how to start sailing. Just a brief introduction, my name's Nick and between myself and my partner Teresa, we sail on sailing vessel Ruby Rose. Six years ago we moved aboard our boat full time and since then we have sailed halfway around the world and probably know a little bit about living on board. Now with our YouTube channel we get asked a lot, how do we get on board, how do we start sailing and what is the best way of doing this without risking your house, your home or your fun? So we thought we'd record a podcast and let you know how we did it and the pitfalls to avoid because believe it or not there are many. Now first I just want to go into how we started, why did we start sailing? For those of you who don't know us from our YouTube channel, we started sailing about 15 years ago. I worked as a dentist in London and to tell you the truth I never got that much satisfaction from it. And it wasn't because I didn't love my patients, I got fed up with a lot of my friends continually talking about how much money they were earning, what sort of cars they were going to buy and I didn't want to get into this whole game of keeping up with the Joneses and kind of like getting into the kind of whole commercial and you know consumerism thing. Just not for me. Anyway, I decided that rather than kind of spending money at weekends on going clubbing and, you know, going to bars in London, I would save up and buy a very, very cheap boat. And that is exactly what I did. And the reason I bought a cheap boat is as follows. I wasn't even sure I was going to like it. I really wanted to sail. It seemed to be a really good skill set to get into. I liked the thought of being on open water. I liked the thought of being able to get away from everything for the weekends. But I wasn't sure that I was going to get into it. Even my parents turned and said, son, you know, don't put your money into a boat. So what I did, I researched boats. I decided I was going to spend about £5,000 on it, which is about, in today's rates, about $6,500. I saved up for a year, did all my research, got everything online and bought the best boat that I could for the money. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. In reflection, that boat was an absolute dog. She didn't sail well. The sails were shagged out. And really, yeah, with experience and hindsight, I would have done things a whole lot differently. But I didn't know anything. And what I did learn was that if you buy a boat that needs a lot of work, you learn how to do the work or you don't go sailing. And that boat, our first boat, was absolutely invaluable to me. I learned how to do woodwork. I learned how to strip varnish. I learned how to do different coats of varnished. I learned how to maintain a diesel engine. I learned how to look for oil leaks because there were loads. I learned how to do rudimentary plumbing to understand fresh water systems, to understand rudimentary 12 volt electric systems. I also learned how to sail and I learned how to sail through trial and error. And this is what I say to so many people when you're looking to buy your first boat. Do not go out and buy a crazy big or crazy expensive boat. Because to tell you the truth, you may not like it. And if you don't like it, you are going to have to sell that boat. And I can absolutely promise you a couple of things. Firstly, it takes a long time to sell most boats. Yes, everyone knows of people that have sold a boat in a day. But boats hang around on the market for a long time. So releasing the capital that you put into it is not like selling a car or a house. The second point is that brokerage fees, normally 6 to 8%. So whatever you spend on a boat, you are going to lose 6 to 8% of that when you sell it. And that's the broker's fee, not including the discount that you're going to have to give a prospective buyer. So bear in mind that when you tie this money up, it is often going to be quite difficult for you to get the money out. And so we don't suggest that you put your entire 401, your entire pension into a boat if you are not absolutely sure that you're going to like it. So what to look for? 
Now, we come from the UK and I have been halfway around the world and seen boatyards that are similar in every single country I've ever visited. There are lots and lots of boats that essentially just need careful and new owners. People that have got either tired or bored or too old of sailing, but yet when they had their boat looked after it. If you buy a boat that is tired but well looked after, you can get some real bargains. Any marina in the UK tends to have boats in boatyards that haven't been used for years on end. And so long as the engine works and you can put some work in, you can pick up bargains for nowadays even less than I paid. And this is a really, really good way of getting your hands on your first boat. But before we talk any more about actually buying boats, I want to talk to you a little bit about getting qualified. Because the theory of sailing is really important, but also the practical aspects of sailing are really important. So before you head down this whole road of buying a boat, find out if you are going to enjoy it. Now, for so many people, they think, well, to go sailing, I need to go on a flotilla holiday. I need to charter a boat. Absolutely not so. One thing that kept me coming back to sailing was the absolute passion that everyone in my local sailing club had for sailing. And I didn't even own a boat. Sailors, by the very, very definition of what they do, are very inclusive and always happy to help. I knew that there was a sailing club about two miles from where I lived. And so I went down there one afternoon and said, look, I want to get involved. What can I do? I turned up for a couple of weeks, joined the sailing club as a, just as a member. I think it cost me less than $20. And then every week I'd go down and help out. They want me to clean boats. They want me to help doing things. And after a while, people would say, actually, we're going to go sailing this weekend. Do you want to come along with us? And this is obviously partially because they want to help people. But also, please bear in mind that a lot of sailors desperately need crew. And those crew places are offered for free or sometimes, you know, bring your own food or contribute to, to gas expenses and propane expenses. But more often than not, it is a very, very cheap way of getting sailing. And the other thing is what kept me sailing was exactly what brought me into sailing. The fact that everyone in my sailing club knew that I knew almost nothing. They knew that I'd only been sailing for a couple of weeks, but they could see that every weekend I would go down there, try and fix my boat, try and learn how to sail my boat, and everyone chipped in to try and help me. The idiot dentist that buys a clapped out sailboat and wants to go sailing every weekend, and so every weekend on the pontoon someone would come and give me advice, someone would lend me a spanner, someone would tell me why I'm sailing wrong, someone would tell me how to make my boat go a little bit faster, someone would tell me why there was so much oil peeing out of the bottom of the engine. Lots of different things. But in all the time that I've been sailing, I have never, ever found a closer community outside of it. And the friends that I made all those years ago are still my friends now. So if you want to get sailing and you want to learn, go down to your local yacht club, your local sailing club, and ask. Ask to help out. It is also absolutely something you do need to be aware of, that you don't need to be near a major body of water to go sailing. I was fortunate enough while I was in the Bahamas a couple of years ago to come across a charter family or a set of families and friends that were from Kansas Sailing Club. And they made a huge deal out of telling me that Kansas is a landlocked state. I didn't know that. So there are sailing clubs on a lot of bodies of water, whether it's small boats on dinghies near lakes. You can always find a sailing club to see if you like it. And if you don't like it, you've put no money into it. 
So why don't you, if that's what you're trying to do, if you want to dip your toe in the water, pardon the obvious pun, go down to your local sailing club and just see how you can get involved. I absolutely promise you, I promise you that people will help you. They will not turn you away. Maybe if they're super yachts, yeah, but little sailing clubs, absolutely, they are always keen to get new members. So that's how you get started. Now, what don't you want to do? Well, what you don't want to do, and believe me, I promise you, I don't know the answers to all of this, and you don't have to take my advice or even listen to it. But I hear so many people buying boats and then spending a lot of money on those boats and then selling them less than a year later because the dream wasn't quite what it worked out to be. Unless you have the money to spend an inordinate amount of money on a very, very large boat with a washing machine, a dishwasher and all the amenities that you have at home, it is not for everybody. By example, and I'm going to give you a few here. We left the UK in 2015 to sail halfway around the world. All the friends we met, we must have met hundreds of different boats all doing the same thing, leaving Europe to go to the Caribbean. We are the only ones still going. And the reasons for that are various. Some wanted to go home, some missed friends and family. A lot of them just got fed up with their partners and a lot of them just thought, no, we've done what we wanted to do and we're going home. And they all had to sell those boats. Also, because we are fortunate enough in the YouTube community, we talk to a lot of brokers and get a lot of inside information about boat sales. There are countless, countless stories of people buying boats at ridiculous amounts of money and then a month later thinking, actually, this isn't for me or I'm scared or my wife doesn't like it or my husband doesn't like it. And then having to sell back. And yet every time you lose that six to eight percent. And that is a huge, huge amount of money. So my advice to you all genuinely is a couple of things. Number one, don't go out and buy a big boat. At least for a year, learn your skills in a smaller boat. Because you need to be aware that you can do far, far more damage in an expensive boat than you can in a smaller boat. Number two, go out, look to your local sailing club, find like-minded sailors, and I promise you they will help you and they will make the experience all the better. And the final thing, which is probably the most important thing I can tell any of you, this is one of the best things we have ever done, if not the best thing we have ever done. It has changed our life immeasurably. We have met the best people the kindest people, the most generous people, the most knowledgeable people. And if something like this can make your life better, then why shouldn't you at least try and do it? Anyway, that's a podcast on how we started sailing. I hope you enjoyed that. We are going to continue to release further podcasts over the coming months. And if you don't already know, we have a YouTube channel which has been going for a few years and we have been filming our sailing for the last three years. So Sailing Yacht Ruby Rose on YouTube and with the same name on all other media formats. Anyway, thanks for this one and we'll be back soon. Bye bye. Awesome.